Men, I wonder if that is the, is the desire of our hearts to have a heart like God. Men, women, boy, girl, is that our desire Amen. to have a heart like God, Amen. to pursue God? Our theme this week at camp was to come and see, was to come and see God's word and let it change you. To come and see God's word, let it change you, then go out and tell the world about the goodness of God. Amen. You see in your title for the message today, what's a good daddy? What makes a good daddy? And I had to get these from somebody else because I'm not a good daddy. <laughs> you know? But regardless of your age, regardless of how old you are, regardless of how old your children are, and back up just a moment, when we compare ourselves to God, we are no good. We cannot compare ourselves to the perfect, holy, heavenly Father. Amen? I will say that I had a great dad. 
and I've tried to be a great dad for my kids. Several weeks ago, I was cleaning out a drawer in my desk, and I, and I ran across an envelope. And inside that envelope, I pulled it out. I thought, you know, it didn't have anything on the outside, and I, I, I opened it up wondering what it was. And I found a survey in there that I had given to the youth and children of this church sometime in the last 15 years ago when I was a youth and children's pastor. And so the question on this survey was, what does it mean to be a good daddy? What does it mean to be a good daddy? And here were, and some of you were in that youth group at the time, okay? But these were the responses of the children of this church. What makes a good daddy? What does it mean to be a good daddy? And so I broke this out into a list from the children and a list from the adults. And so, I mean, from the youth. And so, listen first at the, the responses to the chip from the children, what it means to be a good daddy. He takes care of me. He loves me. He's nice. He has to be sweet. Someone that is loving. They love their children. They coach my soccer team. They help with my baseball team. They take me to Walmart. He plays with me. He helps me. He's got to be nice to them, to the kids and kind to them. To love their children. They, he takes me fishing. He trusts me. He takes care of my family and he takes care of me when I'm sick. That was from the children, okay? From the youth, very similar in nature, though somewhat different. Gives me hugs and kisses, that's from the youth. Hear that? Something that our youth desire is love from their parents. A physical love. He gives you hugs and kisses, he trusts them, uh, to go with their friends. He prays for them. He trusts and love you, loves you. He studies the Bible with you. He teaches them life lessons. He is understanding. Uh, he asks how your day is. <laughs> to stay out of my business. <laughs> to be slow to anger. Don't freak out on me. Let me choose my friends. Unconditional love. To be the man of the house. He's always there for you. He treats your wife the way you should. He encourages me. He supports me. He's protective. He believes in me. He has guidelines. He says I'm sorry. And he takes care of me. Those are the answers from the adult, uh, from the youth, from 6th to 12th grade. But there were some more as well. <laughs> One response was, I don't know. I ain't got a daddy. But he would be a daddy that loves me and takes care of me. Another one said, I can't say because my daddy doesn't come around. But if he did, I'd want him to understand me and respect me. I really don't know, Russ, because I've never had a daddy. That's the unfiltered truth. That's the unfiltered response from the hearts of our children. And so there's a lot there, isn't it? There's a, there's a lot going on there. And so what I wanted to do is try to conflate those down to, to, to three areas that we wanted to look at for what is important as a dad, what's important as a, as a father figure, as an uncle, as a brother, and as a believer in God. Number one is to show love and respect to our children. To, to trust them and to be a godly man. To be a godly man. So to demonstrate your love for your children, what does that look like? What does loving our children look like? Let me ask you this. Do your children know 
what a physical hug feels like from you. You see, many children know the, the hands of harm, but they don't know the hands of a hug. Does your child know what it feels like to be hugged by you? Our kids crave time with us. It's been t said, said that, that, that love equals time. And it's often said, I give, them I give my children quality time more than quantity time. I hate that. I really hate it. Because to me, it's, 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 while it sounds good, it's often a, a cop-out for a way to, to justify our lack of time with our kids. It's our way of saying, any time I give them is good, quality time. But we all know that's probably not true. In all reality, they'd rather have a, a little bit of time with us every day instead of a few hours out on the lake or a, or a new tablet to play all the games on. I had to learn this the hard way, and I've shared this story with you a number of times, but as I was, it wasn't long after I started here, and, and, and I had started in, in seminary at Gardner-Webb, we were trying to close out our businesses, and so I had schoolwork, business work. We were here at church. We had trying to figure out what ministry was, what it was like, and how to do it and all that. And so my world was just crazy. It was chaotic. It was just nuts at the time. And, and, and I, most of you know I don't like to read and don't like to write. Well, I picked a perfect profession, didn't I? <laughs> okay, so I was trying to hammer out some papers for uh, seminary. And I remember right now sitting at the table typing, 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 because I was probably late, and typing, 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 and, and, and Claire comes up to me. You know, she was probably seven or eight years old, and she says, Daddy, will you ever want to play with us again? <laughs> Folks, that's a tough thing to hear. Because we know as parents, we... We have a job, don't we? We have, we have things that we have to get done. But all the while, our kids see that. And they crave time with us. They want time with us. And they really do want quality time with us. They want, as I've said, device-free time. In the last four days at camp, we took all the phones away from our youth and tried to for us too for the most part. And we tried to give them device-free time for us, but more than that, they gave the Lord device time, device-free time for the Lord and for each other. One child, listen to this, one child recently said, yeah, my daddy spends time with me, but he's always on the phone, so what's the point? He might as well be working. How often do we see that? Go to a restaurant, go anywhere, and here's the parents, and quite often here's the child. You know what I'm talking about. Because we're all probably guilty of that to some degree, aren't we? Unfortunately, that's part of the way life is. Our life is on our phones now. Our work is on our phones. We communicate with our spouse, with our family on the phones, don't we? But this was a, the words, a quote from the words of a child. Yes, my daddy spends time with me, but he's always on the phone, so what's the point? He might as well be working. Remember the response I mentioned earlier? That some, some children would just love to have their dads in their life. It's been said, we've all heard it before, that you know, at the end of our life, 
we're probably going to be saying something like, I wish I'd spent more time with my family instead of working every day of my life. Because in the end, that's what matters, isn't it? We can work our fingers to the bones, but if, but if we don't have a family, if we don't have anybody to share with, what point is it? What, 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 what good is it? And so let's ask ourselves today, dads, let's ask ourselves today, parents and, and grandparents, how do we or do we demonstrate our love to our kids? Amen. And if we have a hard time answering that question, today might be the day for us to make some changes in our life with our kids. What a great day to, to make that resolution today that today is the day on Father's Day 2022 I'm going to start making a difference in my child's life. I'm going to start making a difference in my niece and nephew's life, in my grandchildren's lives, in the lives of the kids at church or in the community. So we need to show our kids. We need to hug them. Let them know that you love them, that you're proud of them. A good daddy needs to trust and respect his children. We're not going to read this passage this morning, but, but if you have a chance, go back and, and read for the details in 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verses 1 through 13, we read that, that David was in the process of, of wanting to build the temple for God, okay? But that's not what God wanted. God wanted something else. God wanted His Son uh, David's son, Solomon, to build the temple. And so what does David do? Does he get mad and say, oh, well, go ahead, fine, go ahead, do, do whatever you want to do? No. What he does is, is he helps grow his child up to the point to where he can take the project on, where he can hand the project off to his son. We read throughout that passage that, that, that David does all the preparation works. He, he gets it all together. He pulls all the materials together together. He lines up the labor that's needed. He trained up Solomon to the point to where he could finish the project because he had everything together and he had trained him up in all the life skills that he needed to have. David goes on to, to, to give him words of encouragement knowing that, that, that he's not going to live to see the temple built. And so he encourages his son knowing that, that, that he's... And so he offers up prayers for him. He, he encourages Solomon's heart. He gives him warnings. He gives him words of, of leadership. And he gave him the opportunity to succeed. And so, folks, we, we grow our children up so that they have an opportunity to, to succeed in life. We prepare them. We give them the life skills that they need day in and day out so that they can survive in this crazy world in which we live. He gave them the freedom to complete the work. There, man, I spent the week with some awesome youth. I'm telling you, they were great. We had an incredible time. And, and part of that was to raise them up in, in a spiritual way so that they'll be ready to, to, to take on this world spiritually. And they learned life skills this week that will help them in life. But that begins with us as parents beginning from a very early age preparing them and, and bringing them up in the way of the Lord. And so we need to teach our children the, the life skills that, that, that they need so that, so that they can take on the various responsibilities. You know, I know that we've got a couple of youth that just started driving or in the process of, of starting to drive. Amen. You know, all of that's a training. There's great responsibility in that. There are some that are going off to college, some that just started college. There's great responsibility in that. And so are we bringing up our kids to that point? You see, all of that takes an investment in time. And, and so men building that trust and showing respect to our children is something that, that grows over time. It just doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. And so there's that word again, time. Time. Our children need our time. 
And so dads, how much time are we investing into the lives of our children? How much time are we investing into the lives of the children in the church? Do we accept leadership responsibility and and teaching responsibility to to show the young people how to love and respect and to, to be like Christ? Or we say, I'm too busy, or I've already done that, I've graduated, I've, you know, it's time for me to move on, it's time for somebody else to come up, it's somebody, time for somebody else to take over, it's time for somebody else to do the job, or whatever other excuse it might be. Are we taking that responsibility upon ourselves, folks? The children need us, the children need our time. They need us to invest in them, whether they're our children or our neighbor's children or our children in the church, because they need a godly influence that they're not getting in the world. The world isn't about God. It has nothing to do with God. So what they give our children is not going to be good. It's not going to be holy. It's not going to be God-pleasing. Only that comes from God-fearing parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters. I mean, we, we look around and we see the, the condition of our, of our society and the, the, the absence of, of good men working and serving in the name of the Lord is the, is the root cause of the crumbling family and the disastrous society that we live in. Children need the investment of our time right now, beginning today. And so here's the question, what do we need to change in our life today? What do we need to change in our life today where we can become a greater influence and have a greater impact on the lives of our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and our nephews? So we know that children need the, the, the physical demonstration that, we, that, they, that we love them. They need to feel our arms around them. They need to know that we trust them, that we respect them. And the third thing I want to focus on this morning, according to our children here in this church, is that a good daddy needs to be a godly man. A good daddy needs to be a godly man. That's from the words of the children. It's the words of God as well. Our sons and daughters need to see an example of a, of a godly father and a good, loving husband in their home. I just mentioned the key factor causing many of the problems in our, in our world, in our society, in our country comes from the, from, from the absence of, of good fathers in the home. Our children and, and their friends, they need to see what a good family structure looks like. And I know there are single parents, and you have to play dual roles in, in, in those cases. But we have to be the godly example for our, for our kids in everything that we think, everything that we say, and everything that we do. The first way we can demonstrate being a godly man for our parents or, or for our kids it's for the man to love his wife. For the father to love their mother the way that they should. You see, children, as they look up at the mother and father, they, they perceive a, a sense of security and stability from knowing that their parents are, are unified together, they're, that they're one, that they love one another. There is great security in a, in a, that's found in a child when they have that in their home. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 28, we see this passage. I use it a lot in counseling, uh, uh, in premarital counseling. But it's where the the father is called, the, the husband is commanded. Not Listen to this, guys. The husband is commanded to love the wife. The wife isn't commanded to love the husband, but to submit to him and and serve him. But if we love our wife the way that we should, everything works according to God's order. 
And so here in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For husbands, this means love your wives. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He, what did he do for the church? Are we willing to do this, husbands, for our wives? He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. You see, Jesus sacrificed his life, sacrificed his body for his bride, and gave his life for his bride. And so the idea here is that there's a, a, a continuous love, that Jesus is loving continuously his bride. And so it's, an, it's, a, it's a deliberate attitude of, of caring for the well-being of your wife. And so the husband gives up the, his personal right for the goodness and for the well-being of his wife. And so we're to, we're to love our, our wife. All too often I see couples pouring their life into their kids, and, and, and that's good to a point. But everything, day in and day out, is about the kids at the sacrifice of their relationship. And like I said, that's good to a point, but it's very unhealthy in the long run. You see, you wind up one day, 20 years down the road, you got grown kids, and you're married to somebody you hardly know. So our relationships break down because we don't invest that time with, with each other. And the Bible says that we're to to, to leave our parents and to cleave to each other and to become one. Amen. Amen. And it will grow over time. Mo and I have tried over the, over the years to take a couple of trips a year, just the two of us, without kids. Just the two of us. Because it's important that we build that relationship, that we keep that relationship strong. Number one, for each other. And number two, so that the kids can continue to see that. For those of you that have little kids, you know, you, you, dad hugs his mom and their kids are like, ew, gross. <laughs> That's what they need to see. They need to know that we love our wives. And as gross as it may be for them, it's also a very good teaching point for them. That goes for parents and grandparents. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes we can't go for whatever reason. You know, life happens. But, but we try to do that, and, and it's something that we try to do. That doesn't have to be something extravagant but just the two of you. Maybe, maybe you've gotten into a routine of a regular date, date night once a month or something, quarter, whatever that is. Again, building and maintaining that relationship and, and making this a priority in, in our marriage shows our, our children that we value each other, that our time together, that our relationship is important and, and the love that we have is what God wants us to have. God wants us to demonstrate that to our children, to our, to our grandchildren. And so let's think about this today. Children will often replicate in their marriage what they see growing up. Think about that. Your children will often replicate what they see in your life as they grow up. That can be good or it can be not so good. 
Let me give you another little statistic that daughters will often marry someone like their daddy. Sons tend to marry people like their mothers. Now, the question is for parents, let me ask you, Dad, would you want your daughter to marry somebody like you? <laughs> would you want your daughter to marry somebody like you? What are all you women smirking at? The question's coming to you. Mom, <laughs> would you want your son to marry somebody like you? <laughs> would you want your son or your daughter to marry someone like you and your spouse? Are we living that life spiritually that they need to be following? Are we living that life relationally that they need to be following? Are they living the lifestyle that, that they need to be following? You know, these are, these are tough questions, but they're questions that, that we have to consider every day when we get up and the Lord says, love your wife. And the wife gets up and says, you know, the Lord says, surrender to your husband. And to love one another and to, to exist with each other and have a relationship with one another. Because you see, ultimately, the marriage unit was put in place to be an example of Christ and the bride. The marriage between Christ and His bride. And so are there changes we need to make in our life today for our children to, to have a healthy idea of what a married life looks like, of what life in general looks like? Well, folks, today is the day we can begin those changes. Right now, today. And so don't let any more time pass. Whatever it is in your mind, whatever's come to your mind in the last 30 minutes, that's something we need to start working on. That's something we need to begin changing and, and adapting to today, beginning today. Don't let any more time pass for today is the day that the changes start. And so we need to demonstrate our love for our children. We need to trust. We need to love them. We need to respect them. And we need to be a godly man. Being part of the responsibility of being a godly man is to bring our family to church, not just to bring them to church and, and drop them off. God's Word says to teach your children the ways of the Lord. Remember the youth and children's responses? Teach me life lessons. Teach me the Bible. Give me guidelines and protect me. I want you to listen to this passage in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verses 31 through 34 says, They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and, he will be, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all with him who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all Believed in God because of the dad. Because of the dad following after Christ. Because the dad, the leader, the spiritual leader of the home was indeed the spiritual leader of the home. A recent survey in, in Lifeway found, talking about the impact of fathers on the family, now listen to this. It said, when the father is the first person in the family to receive Christ, listen to this, 93%, there's a 93% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. Wow, that is powerful. That's the real stuff. That's the real deal right there. 93%. Fathers, if you're dad's men, if you're the first person in your household to receive Christ, there's a 93% chance that everybody else in your household is going to come to Christ. That it will spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God for that. And so we can't discount the impact of knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can't discount 
the impact that, that being a godly man in our, in our household really is. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 22, it talks about that. What do we do with our children? How do we teach these things to the children? It says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them around your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on the gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land and the Lord, that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Be careful to obey all these commands I am giving to you. Show love to the Lord your God by walking in His ways and holding tightly Amen. to them. And so folks, what's that saying? Dads, moms, grandparents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters. Make God's Word a part of your life Make it a part of every aspect of your life. When you go to bed, when you get up, when you're eating breakfast, when you go out the door, when you come in the door, when you're traveling up the road and down the road. Make it a part of their life. Make it a part of their life so that they too will receive Christ. So that they will know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So that they know that they will spend eternity in heaven. What an awesome day. What an incredible day it is to know that all of your children are walking in the Lord. What an incredible day it will be when all you know all of your grandchildren are walking with the Lord. What about our nieces and our nephews? What about the children in the church that don't have parents? What about our neighbors? Amen. Folks, we all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We all fail to live up to God's standards. We all fail to live up and live the way and to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. But folks, we're not ordinary people. We're not ordinary men. We're, we're Christians called to be holy and sanctified, to be a godly example for our children, for our family, and for our communities. And so are we trying to be like our good, good Heavenly Father? Are we trying to follow after His example in all that we do? Or are we honestly attempting to develop that, that godly character and to, to, to be the real Christian that that God wants us to be, to become more like Christ every day. You see, we can only answer those questions for ourselves. But we have to answer them knowing that a truthful impact, the truth only impacts, man, when, when we answer this in the depths of our heart, And we live that way for Christ. We know. We know however we live, it's going to make an impact, good or bad, on the people around us. And so are we living a life that has a great and a, and a spiritual and a godly influence on our wives, on our children, on our grandchildren, on, our, on the children in the church and the children in our community? You see, God is calling us today. He, he's calling us to, with a loud voice, to begin in the world in which we live, in our own little circle of, of, of influence, to begin changing, to begin being the influence that our family needs, that our family desires, that our church needs, that our church desires, that our world needs, that our world desires. Today, Jesus is calling each one of us to move to a higher level, to take the next step 
to come and see Him daily, to come and see His Word so that we can know Him, so that we could be transformed by Him and become more like Him day in and day out so that we can transfer that on to our children, so that we can be a godly influence in the world. And so today, He wants to begin today. He wants to continue today to mold us and change us and shape us into the person that He wants us to be. But folks, that will only happen, that's only going to happen when we decide in our hearts that yes, today is the day that I want to change. Today is the day that I'm giving my life to Christ. Today is the day that I'm holy and completely surrendering my life to Christ. Today is the day that I'm putting the world behind me. Today is the day that I'm following the Lord forward in everything that He wants me to do so that I can be the godly example to my family to our community, and to the world. And only you can make that decision. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation called The Potter's Hand. And, and so as we sing that, think about the potter sitting on a potter's wheel and working on the potter's wheel and how he creates the, the vases, the pieces, mm-hmm. how he crushes them sometime and rebuilds them and and starts them over because He wants them to be just right. You see, sometimes in life, God has to break us down, doesn't He? To bring us back up. To make us into who He wants us to be. So you decide this morning, if indeed today is the day that you want to be molded and shaped into the person Christ wants you to be. Father in heaven, God, we thank You, Lord, for your word, for your word for us and to us, God, may that word spill in us and through us, Lord, that as we said last week, God, that, that it might well up in us and overflow from us to others, Lord. And today we're talking about first and foremost to our children, to our family, God, that we would be that, that influence and have that godly impact on those around us. And so, Father, today we... We come to you and we surrender to you. Whatever it is in our life that needs to be surrendered. So Father, we pray that you would hear our hearts and you would accept our prayers. Break our hearts, God, for you. And ultimately, God, may we and our families be glorified to you. That we'd be a blessing back to you. That you'd be glorified through our families, through the things that we do in our families. So receive our hearts. Receive our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.